not a prisoner of hope, you're not really free. And that's what we'd like to share with you this morning, Isaiah chapter 55, if you would. Just amazing how God works things out and confirms the message in the preacher's heart. But Isaiah chapter 55 is where we'll find our text and uh, preach a little bit on how to quench your spiritual thirst this morning, how to quench your spiritual thirst. And I appreciate all our visitors being with us this morning, and uh, thank you for coming out. And uh, looking forward to the service tonight. Uh, we'll have church again at 6 o'clock, and uh, I'll be preaching again. And I'm, I, I'm looking forward to preaching right now, but the message tonight uh, has been something that's been in my heart for a while. And uh, so I'm looking forward to preaching the importance of introductions, or an introduction of great importance. And so I hadn't decided yet. I've still got to flip a coin on the title for tonight, but... 
Uh, looking forward to preaching tonight out of the book of Genesis on the life of Abram. Uh, but let's look here in Isaiah chapter 55. Uh, I want to share this funny little uh, story with you real quick before we get started. A little boy uh, was watching, fascinated, as mother gently rubbed cold cream on her face. Why are you rubbing that cream on your face, mommy, he asked. The mother replied, to make myself beautiful. After a few minutes, she began removing the cream with a tissue. The little boy quizzically looked at her and said, what's the matter? Are you giving up? Anyhow, Isaiah chapter 55, we'll find our text in verse number one. It says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Wherefore do ye spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear, and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. I want to give you a message this morning on how to quench your soul's thirst. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for bringing us here today. And God, we do not know why some might be here, dear Lord, other than you have led them here. They might be sitting in their pew going, what in the world have I got myself into? Lord, I pray that you would, through this simple message, just show them, dear God, the salvation that is so freely given in your Son. Be with us, dear God. I pray that you would cleanse me of sin. Clear me yourself, O oh God, and let your words come through. May your spirit be present, we pray. And we'll thank you for that. May everything we do this morning please and honor and glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we find in Isaiah in the Old Testament just a, a picture of a New Testament principle that everyone, everyone that is born into this world comes into this world thirsty. Your soul thirsteth for something that you don't know what it is. That is why there are multiple, multiple religions throughout uh, this nation, yea, throughout this world, is because people are looking for that, that, that round peg to fit in that round hole of their soul. And yet so often they find a square peg or a triangular peg, or you ever watch a little kid take a hammer and try to beat that peg into the hole that it doesn't go in? That's what trying to find satisfaction for your soul outside of Jesus Christ is. You're just taking a square peg and trying to pound it into a round hole because, hey, it ain't going to happen. He says, ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters. I'd like to share with you what that water is this morning. Now, over in John chapter 4, we find now uh, the, the account of Jesus Christ as he was at the, the water uh, or the well there with the, the woman of Samaria. It says now, uh, in John chapter 4 and in verse number 6, Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest, the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, 
and he would have given thee living water. That is the crux of the message this morning, the living water of Jesus Christ, how to quench your spiritual thirst. We find here in Isaiah chapter 55, and in verse number 1, it says, Ho, every one that thirsts. See, it is a worldwide problem. We find the predicament that is given here is something that is encompassing the total population that has ever been born, that will ever be born. Everyone that has been born and died uh, after Adam fell, after sin came uh, through that, that one man, it says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered the world, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We see that it is a predicament that affects everyone ever born. We were speaking of that small child this morning, little Maggie. When she is born, uh, she will have physical problems, but she will have an even greater problem than that, that is a spiritual problem that will need to be taken care of. It affects the entire population. In Romans chapter 3 and verse number 23, the Bible tells us, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10, Jesus continues and tells us this, For the Son of Man came, uh, is come to seek and to save that which was lost. It is a problem that can be remedied. Yes, it affects the entire population, but it is something that can be fixed. We find that throughout the Word of God, we find different pictures of a thirst that comes upon people. One of the ones that I normally think of when I think of someone being thirsty is where Hagar had taken Ishmael and was in the wilderness. And it said they ran out of water there over in uh, Genesis chapter 21, and uh, the lad fell underneath a bush, and, and she went off to watch so that she wouldn't have to see him die. Why? Because their thirst was affecting their ability to live. You know... As you live in this world without Jesus Christ, it affects your ability to live. You're thirsty for something that you don't know what it is. You're thirsty for something that says, hey, I I need to fix this, but I cannot find the solution. It's like, you know, my dad will call me from time to time, and it's normally a question about something with either his iPad, his iPhone, or his computer. And, and, And he gets frustrated with it. Why? Because he can't find the solution, so what does he do? He goes to the one who he believes knows everything about anything technologically. And so then I, in turn, go and Google it to find the answer and then tell him and act like I know what I'm talking about. If you say it with enough confidence, he'll believe me. It's like I remember going into the ER one night. Uh, I forget someone was in the hospital. And uh, the, the funny thing about wearing a suit and carrying a Bible, still in this day and age, you walk up like you have confidence that you know what you're doing. They'll let you through just about anywhere. Uh, I, I could have been anybody from anywhere doing anything, and yet they let me walk right into that ER because I had on a suit and a Bible. They said, come this way, uh, Father, and, uh, which I kind of enjoyed. I said, wrong caller. I'm just, I'm just the assistant father. Uh, but there is a thirst, but there is an answer. It's something that affects the entire population. And, you know, the thing about being thirsty, it'll make you tired. It'll make you tired. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, the, after the, uh, the morning service, we're going to go to the back, the junior church uh, room, and those that were on the championship softball team for Parkview Baptist Church this year for B-League, um, we, uh, we're going to take a picture. And uh, it was enjoyable getting to play on the softball team and, and have fun. But the thing is, when it's like 95 degrees out there and you're running and you're, you get thirsty and you get tired, 
And you need something to sustain you. There are a lot of folks walking throughout this world that are thirsty and tired and just need something to fix that problem. I was looking at some statistics yesterday. Uh, and, and, you know, really, as you, you look at the, this world, it is such a sad place. Everyone's angry. The, the Democrats are angry at the Republicans. The Republicans are angry at the Democrats. The, liberal, or the Libertarians are angry at both of them. Everybody's just angry. They're, they're tired of how they think, and they're tired of how they think. But the Bible says, let this mind be in you. And the thing is, if we can get on the same page with the mind of Christ, there wouldn't nobody be angry at nobody. We, 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 would, we would find the solution to this thirsty and tired and upset world. But the problem is a lot of times you present them with the gift of God. And then they have to make a choice to accept or to reject. There was a day in my life that I was presented with the gift of God and I chose to accept that. I was about 13 years old and I remember I was, it was on this side of the pulpit, uh, but it was blue. The, the carpet and stuff was blue, so, uh, you know, it was a little different. But uh, at a different church, uh, and, but I, I came forward and I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. See, I was thirsty. I was tired. I knew I needed something. And I was given the gospel, and I chose to accept what Jesus Christ had done for me. If you're living this morning, and you're here under the sound of my voice, and you're hearing about this gospel, this water that can quench your thirst, and you walk out of here still thirsty and still tired, it's your own fault. Because you're being given the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's now your choice to accept it or reject it. It's your choice. See, he says, Ho, come every one that thirsteth. Everyone is welcome at the fountain of Jesus Christ. He will turn none away. He said, I have come to seek and save that which was lost. And we see here as we go on in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 1, he says, and uh, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye by. You know, if I were to walk into Meyer and get a basket full of stuff, and walk up there and say, I've come to buy, but I have no money, they would not allow me to walk out with that. Jesus Christ is the exact opposite. He says, come ye and buy without money, because it's a free gift. It's a free gift. So the second thing we see here is the priceless gift dispensed. The most priceless gift to a tired and thirsty soul is water. Cool, clear, refreshing water. And Jesus Christ offers that. See, Hagar, when she was on the backside of that wilderness, she threw the, the, the lad was there underneath the bush, and he was about to die, and she went over so she wouldn't have to watch him die, and she began to cry out to God. And God showed up. And he said, and God heard the voice of the lad, and the angel God called to Hagar out of heaven and said to her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. See, the thing about it was God heard him where he was. He'll hear you where you are. But the best place, 
I, I mean, the, the, the place that, that they can make a Hallmark movie about getting saved is, is somebody coming to church and hearing a, a, a message about the gospel, and they come forward to an old altar, and they get saved. Why? Because they heard, and they cried out to God, and guess what he did? He heard, and he answered. When we cry out for salvation, God will hear our cry and answer, and he will show you a well of water. It is a gift that is bought without money, because it is without price. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18, the Bible tells us, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. As of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. See, it's not about, it ceases to be begin uh, to be come about us and becomes about him we come and we receive the gift that he paid for with his precious blood it doesn't cost you a thing it is the bible says the gift of god for by grace are you saved through faith ephesians tells us and that not of yourselves it is the gift of god not of works lest any man should boast. Being justified, Romans tells us, freely, freely, by His grace, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. It is the most precious gift that you can receive. It is the most precious thing that can be given. It is without price, because it is priceless. Because, as I heard one preacher put it, God bankrupted heaven to buy your soul. He sent the most precious person he had, Jesus Christ, to to come and be born in a manger, to live on this earth, to be sinless, to be born of a virgin, to give his life. For what? For me. For you. To redeem your tired and thirsty soul. We see that there are some things that come along with this. It is a precious gift, certainly, but there's uh, some pleasant gratification detailed as we look through this. In verse number 3, he says, Incline your ear and come unto me here, and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you. You think about that. That God would make a covenant with me. We just went through uh, 2007, 2008, 2009, a housing recession, and people that had made a covenant with their bank to buy a house, they decided maybe they could not afford that covenant anymore. For whatever reason, they had to break that covenant. When we make a covenant, when God makes a covenant with us, He does not break that covenant. When He promises us something, He does not break that promise. That's something i got to deal with with my kids all the time. They remember things that I promise I don't even remember talking about. You promised to take us to Disney World. I don't even remember that. I might have been asleep, talking in my a dream. I don't know. I break things all the time. God doesn't. God doesn't. When he makes a promise, he keeps it. He said, hey, 
Ye are sealed until the day of redemption. He has given us the uh, satisfaction of being sealed forever. There's satisfaction to the searching soul. Thy mercy, O Lord, he tells us in Psalm chapter 36, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. The righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep, O Lord. Thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore the children men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house. And thou shalt make them to drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light we shall see light. You see, it can only be found in Jesus Christ. And there is satisfaction when your searching soul finds the Savior. There is sweetness for the soul in Psalm chapter 119. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You know, when the children of Israel were wandering through the, through the desert, they came to a place and they were thirsty, they were tired, they had no water, they were complaining unto God, they were murmuring, they were, they were all upset because he had brought them in this wilderness to kill them. And so they came to a place called Marah. And there was a well there. And when they went to drink of that well, they found out it was bitter. Until God told Moses to take a tree and to plant that tree in the midst of that bitter waters. And it became sweet. Right now, your soul, without Jesus Christ, is full of bitter waters. Anger, dissatisfaction with life, upset with what's going on, not happy with this world, and searching for something. And God says, come to me and find sweetness and satisfaction for your soul. Satisfaction and sweetness for your soul. Then the last thing I want to look at here, just real quick, in Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 3. He says, I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. The permanent generosity of a divine God. It's permanent. It, you know, my, my kids like to color sometimes, and we try to focus them on crayons and, and pencils, but every now and then they'll get Sharpies. And they're permanent. They are permanent. Uh, you know, when, when they mark on something with that, it's not coming out. It, it, it's, it's, it's there forever. You know, it, God... As we said, he, the Bible tells us, it says, you're sealed until the day of redemption. When is that day of redemption? Only God knows when he's going to come back and take his bride. Only God knows when he'll call us up. But until then, we're sealed. Even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is still with us, the Bible tells us. We cannot escape the seal of the redemption of the Holy Ghost. And he is with us. Why? Because he gives us eternal life. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 11, it says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. In His Son, Jesus Christ. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. That's pretty simple. I can understand that. It's so simple. I have Jesus Christ. I have eternal life. 
I don't have Jesus Christ. I have eternal damnation. The Bible says the wrath of God abideth on you if you're not saved this morning. The wrath of God. Now you think about that, you think of the wrath of an important person. You know, if I, if I found out that uh, the president was upset with me about something, I, I, would be kind of, I would be kind of scared. He's got the FBI, the CIA, the military, all these different people. His wrath to me would be very, very real. Every time I saw a policeman, I'd be watching. I'd be at, well, you think about the wrath of Almighty God, who is omnipresent, who he is everywhere. He knows everything. He knows where you're at right now. He knows where you're going to be in five minutes. He knows where you'll be tomorrow, if you'll still be on this earth. Or like the man there in Luke chapter 16, in hell, he lift up his eyes, being in torment. The interesting thing about eternal life is it's a gift. We've mentioned that. But it still has to be accepted. You know, my wife, she, she wraps presents for me on Christmas. You know what I do? I take them and I unwrap them. Why? Because I want them. My happy socks. I was happy to get them. I mean, you know, these different things. I, I enjoy receiving a gift, but what happens? When someone hands it to me, I have to take it. You might be sitting here this morning thinking, I just don't know. A choice will be made for your eternal soul. And in a moment, we'll have an invitation We'll have a, a time where, where people will have their heads bowed, their eyes closed. This altar will be open. Somebody with a Bible would love to show you exactly how you can trust in Jesus Christ to be your Savior. And that will be the time that you will make a choice for eternal life or eternal damnation. It comes down to that. Why? Because he that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son hath not life. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 17 says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. What we're trying to do this morning is trying to unveil, to try to give you some knowledge whereby you can make a decision. See, when I go to make a decision about something that's going to affect my life, I want to know everything behind it. I want to know exactly what it's going to cost me, where I'm going to need to get it, if it needs to be repaired. All these different things. What we've done this morning is give you the ability to make a a decision based upon the Bible. Not what I would say. I might be the instrument of, of bringing it to you this morning, but it's not my words. It's the Word of God. And he says, without Jesus Christ, you will go to a place called hell. But he not only gives us the opportunity for eternal life, but think about all the things that go along with that. I think about the blessings of God in my life. When I look at where I was headed to, there, there's no comparison. He saved me. He, he's kept me. What more? Could I ask for that old song? If he never blessed me again, I got enough. I'm so blessed. Even without Chick-fil-A, I'm blessed. I mean, 
you think about what God has done for you, Christian, this morning, that ought, to make, that ought to be enough to make somebody come to the altar and pray and thank God. But you think about what God has done for you this morning, lost person. If you're here without Jesus Christ, God brought you here to hear His message. That, in and of itself, that God cares enough for you to put you in this place, ought to make you want to come and accept Him. Why? Because God so loved the world. That he gave. Our theme for the year, proclaiming the message of love and life. I mean, not just eternal life, but all the extras that go along with it. And so now you come to a decision. In John chapter 7, verse 37, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. That's what Jesus offers you this morning. If you're tired, if you're thirsty, if you're just done with the way life is. Jesus Christ said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all all things have become new. All things. You think about if you just had one thing in your life you want to change. He says, hey, I won't just stop at one thing. I'll change all things. Because he changes you completely. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for your word. And Lord, we don't know who's here this morning. We don't know, dear God, who might be in need of this living water. But Heavenly Father, we pray that your Spirit, your Holy Ghost, would not let them sit still, but that they would come. Oh God, let somebody show them this morning how they can know for sure. As John says, they may know that you know that you have eternal life. And God, we'll thank you, and we'll praise you, and we'll give you all the honor and the glory that is due your name. In Jesus' name, amen.